Heaven high! Gosh, John, have you been inhaling helium? <laughs> I'm not John, I'm his better half. Oh yes, it's Laura Walker, not Cartwright, Walker, because she's owned by John Walker. And John has very kindly allowed us to have a bit of his property today, called Laura, <laughs> to have a discussion. Because John is busy, he's otherwise engaged, so for the first time ever... Rome Doings is going to be solely me and solely uh, Laura. I suspect to make sure that the universe is well balanced, we'll have a Rum Doings with John and Victoria. But it's quite obvious that our Rum Doings is going to be better than the Rum Doings with John and Victoria, so maybe they shouldn't bother. The topic today is, should all of Gary Glitter's records be pulped? And that's the topic. Uh, I imagine, though, we're probably going to be talking about Cetacean Menaces, um, because you... We're still on the cruise of disappointment, and Laura has a pathology, and that is that her life feels deep and empty, deeply empty, which is sort of a is deeply empty a paradox? Is emptiness necessarily shallow, or is it deep? I think you can have a deep emptiness. Well, you're the scientist. You tell me. You tell me the dimensions of emptiness. I think that's more of a physicist's, physicist's realm. Yeah. And I'm more of a biologist. Biology doesn't care whether something's empty or full. Um, I would suggest that you have a median pathology, and that is your life is incomplete without seeing whales. And until today, you hadn't. That's You've true. You've never seen a whale. Well, you'd obviously seen a cartoon of a whale. I think I may have seen... Did I see a whale? We went to a sea life centre in Chicago on our honeymoon, and I think there may have been some type of whale... Right. In there, much to the horror of people I know who... You see, I could have made some... You said honeymoon, and I could have made some smutty joke, but I didn't, because I'm a gentleman. (laughs) Thanks. John would not have been such a gentleman, I can assure you as much. Mm. But But but, we saw whales! We saw whales! And we're not talking about the disappointing country. We're talking about the weird mammal that doesn't really exist. Yes. It lives in the water. It doesn't really exist, and it lives in the water. And we saw some. And we went last time we went on a cruise. We tried to do whale watching twice. And yes. The first time it was cancelled because of bad weather, and the yeah. second time it was cancelled because whales didn't exist. We just there, yeah. <laughs> we I think we got there too late or something. I don't know. Um, so we tried to do it this time in off the coast of Tenerife. I was very um, sceptical because, as I said, you whales. Said we wouldn't we, see any well, whales. Well, that's primarily because whales don't exist. I mean. Every uh, natural history museum has a scam where they just build these ridiculously big bones um, out of fiberglass just to lure the kiddies in as if the dinosaurs, which also didn't exist, weren't enough. <laughs> You're sounding a bit like a creationist, Mailer. Well, I'm a creationist. I know that the Earth was created in eight days. Oh, hmm. eight days? Yes. They, they don't talk about the other two because they <laughs> made, made some mistakes and had to tidy up. <laughs> The, sadly, some of those mistakes are still extant, hence UKIP. <laughs> Nigel Farage was one of those mistakes. <laughs> yes, no, so Farage was a mistake. <laughs> they the, couldn't find him to tidy up. In fact, been... there's a whole book of Farage, which... Uh, Hiding under slugs ever Oh, since. goodness. Oh, ding dong. Yeah. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome, welcome board. Oh, dear. Uh, <laughs> just, uh, just missed our slot for sailing there. Uh, oh, no. Away, so uh, we're just going to wait for the fast ferry to go first. Uh, and she's leaving at 1800 now, so we'll follow her out uh, okay. just as soon as we get her pilot. Oh. So a slight delay on sailing there. Uh, once we oh, get away, no. it should be a nice smooth run across to Lanzarote. Um, northerly winds about uh, 15, maybe 20 knots oh, there, a little bit of a sea. <laughs> and it uh, should be a nice day in Lanzarote tomorrow. So uh, slight delay on sailing, should get away just after 1800. 
Lanza Grotti, more like. We're going to Lanza all the chaviest places. We are going to the chaviest but, places. But, but also, I like that we 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 missed our, our slot due to the tardiness of the captain, and now we have to wait. Yes, we have to wait for a ferry. <laughs> yes. We, the superior beings, have to wait for a ferry. And I think that just summarises the cruise of disappointment, yes, really, doesn't that it? That would have never happened. <laughs> <laughs> We've lost our slot. We're waiting for a Fred Olsen ferry. Anyway, Wales. But yes, so anyway, today we went out and after an hour-long coach ride down to the South Spoiler Island, alert, saw some whales. We saw some whales! Well, first of all, we saw some dolphins. Mm, and but those were... are boring because we saw... The other day I just looked on the front of the ship and I said, hmm, let's, let's have a look at some dolphins, I said quite flippantly, and there were dolphins. And there were some dolphins, yeah. Yes. So I have now seen in excess of 15 dolphins, individual dolphins. That is an excess. I think anything beyond three is an excess of dolphins yeah. and they could be slaughtered by a rapacious Japanese man. <laughs> but these dolphins, because we were on a sort of catamaran thing, these ones came very close and you could see them under the water. To what degree was it not a catamaran? Um, it was like, a, well, I don't know what defines a catamaran. It had the net thing at the front and the two mm. bits down the side. I'm not a boat expert. No. But the back bit was like... More like a yacht. Maybe that is a catamaran. I, I assume it didn't have glass bottoms. No. Well, John must have been furious. Well, it was okay because we managed to get a good spot up at the front of one of the the feet of the catamaran boat. Mm-hmm. Um, and we could see the dolphins going underneath. And they were swimming in formation. But it was very beautiful. Were they showing off? They were showing off a little bit, yeah. Was there any jumping at all? There was some jumping, yeah. Mm-hmm. Some jumps. Not many jumps, but some jumps. Um, and then we carried on going, and we saw these. Uh, they were pilot whales, mm-hmm. um, and there was a little family of them. So it was a baby pilot whale. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there were any men. There well, was, good... was the mummy bottle feeding the pilot whale? <laughs> she was not bottle feeding. No, no. they were all just basking in the sun, and they just come to the top of the surface and they bob along. Oh. And they just sunbathe. Well, yeah, I mean, being, being air breathers, I have to spend a lot of time mm. at the surface anyway, so you might as well um, I think they can get a tan while you're there. 25 minutes underwater without mm. needing to breathe, something like that, she was so, saying. I, I can spend nearly nearly two minutes underwater without breathing. So perhaps, I could, perhaps I could have a short pop as being a whale. <laughs> but then we came back to the boat and we saw way more whales. Did you? On the, actually, in the pool. At the oh, yes, on the ship. <laughs> we went to the... Um, to the Lotus, to the spa pool. Which has got one of those um, currents. It's yeah. a very powerful current and you swim against the current. Which was good until some tattooed man went, Oh, do you mind if I turn this off? I'm going to turn this off, please. Was he a UKIP? Yeah. All right. And, he, and did you say, no, um, there are plenty of other pools that don't have a current. Everyone else, everyone you else can went, bugger yeah, off. yeah, sure, that's fine, that's fine. And, and, and we, do you know what I would have said? At the time, said? we were out of the pool putting some sun cream on, so we didn't really have a say. And then, I would have dove in, and I use the uh, past tense dove because I like it. I would have dove in. Actually, dove. It shouldn't be have dove because that's perfect. I would have dived in, but I dove in in my mind yeah. and told him to bugger off and go to any of the other pools that didn't have the current. Mm. And John almost had a coronary with anger at if, this point. If that didn't work, you know what I would have done? Well, you saw what hap- what works for me. What was the other night? Pew! Pew! Anybody I don't like? Because packed a, a gun on board with a silencer. Yeah. I just, and that's his solution. I just shoot people who annoy me. I find it works yeah. well. I'm surprised more people don't do it. <laughs> I mean, it, it deals with the problem immediately and without any uh, ambiguity. I can't imagine what the issue might be there. Yeah. Pew. yeah. Pew. I mean, it's just rearranging some carbon atoms. 
no, no problem with it uh, at all. So John texted me and said that he jumped off the back of the catamaran. Was that a lie? You know, he did. Um, people were, there was like, we pulled into an alcove and you could go swimming. Um, I put my feet in the water and decided I'd probably have a miscarriage if I jumped in there. Oh, yes, because we have to tell our listener that you... you so cold. You've got this weird succubus inside you. They know that already, don't they? Well, they've probably forgotten, you know what they're like. That I'm, I'm prego. Yes, John... Locked up. John, John committed a sin unto you and you're not up pregnant. Up the duff. Up the duff. You have a, you have a bun in the oven. But it's, and I work with a lot of Italians, so we've decided it's a panettone in the oven. You have a, a gluten-free, low-carb almond, <laughs> almond flour panettone sweetened with xylitol in the, in the microwave to make it quicker. Yeah. 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 So what's it like being pregnant? Because, you know, I've not yet had that experience myself. No, not yet. I've not been pregnant yet, no. Um, well, so far, it's not been that much different from not being pregnant because I'm, I've been very fortunate not having any morning sickness and I've just been tired. Mm. So it's just like being tired, more tired than normal. And making more wheeze. Making more wheeze. But then I had a mouse bladder anyway, so mm. I'm, it's sort of a, a slight difference. Um, yeah, it's, it, it still doesn't feel like there's two of us in here. Explain to a man who's listening or a lady who hates children. Um, <laughs> it, uh, that, I assume you have to remind yourself quite frequently, oh, oh, I'm pregnant, in that kind of almost yeah. subconscious way. Although as I'm getting slightly bigger, I, I can feel it if I move too quickly or if I lean mm. up against something and I'm conscious that there's a bit of me there that wasn't there before and if I squish it too hard, it hurts. Well, John made an interesting point on the podcast and he said, basically, when you when you go for scans, it's kind of the baby's in the hospital. It's in the hospital, And yeah. you leave the baby in the hospital yeah. and you go and visit it. When you go back to the hospital, oh, that's where the baby is. Because it's not actually here. It's not here with us in the room now. It's not here. In any meaningful no. sense. It is very strange. Although I think I've started to feel some flutters of kicking mm. recently. Just, But it's so slight then it's so briefly over that you don't know if it's actually really that or not mm. but no it's very it's quite strange because we're i'm 20 weeks yeah, well john got quite angry tomorrow. he got quite angry about the way you define which week it is yeah <laughs> on saturday i should be 20 weeks and we just begin most can begin most sentences with john got quite angry <laughs> <laughs> he got quite angry this afternoon john needs to deal with that because I worry that he'll, he will actually just keel over and have a heart attack one day. I don't know, I was just reading in my book of baby neurology about um, cortisol levels and how it can contribute to hypertension and diabetes. Very much so and that's yeah. why I, um, even, even in countries they have they have mul- multiple population, you know, they, they'll have one country but they'll have one population group within that country that experienced big trauma another population group that didn't. There was some part of Finland where half of that particular group was taken over by the Soviet Union and the other half wasn't. Mm. And so the ones who were taken over by the Soviet Union were, were, went through a lot of trauma and even though they're genetically identical, their diets were identical, but because of that trauma their um, heart attack rates were substantially greater mm. just because of the stress and cortisol. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we can, we can be flippant and laugh about John's tetchiness and so on, but actually I am worried that sometimes he he will he will one day just reach the limit and keel over. So we need to well, work was, out some it, relaxation techniques for him. <laughs> it was interesting, this, uh, this book that I was reading was just saying that, you know, you can have 
there are people, children um, and adults, but they were talking specifically about children, who have very low cortisol levels and they're not quite sure what causes that. Um, well, overly low cortisol think, is, is not good either. And they, no, exactly. Careful balance. But they think that perhaps the low cortisol levels could be um, a down-regulatory response to prolonged high cortisol. Oh, I see. So if you have it for too long, then your body will eventually shut down the cortisol receptors uh-huh. and then you get... Um, drastically low cortisol and as a result you're sort of you're not going to respond to stress it's like you basically your system's just shut down but it also means that you may not respond to any other stimuli like happy stimuli either it's fascinating how similar it is to um things like um, insulin resistance and when people get reactive hypoglycemia and things like Mm. that where I really should have studied endocrinology. I think it's, a, it's the most fascinating of the sciences, the way our whole hormonal and signaling systems work in tandem. It's very complicated. And, exactly, and how just one thing knocking slightly out of kilter screws everything up. What did you study instead? English and philosophy. Ugh. And some computing. That's ridiculous. Uh, Where did that get you? Yeah, nowhere. <laughs> I'm currently nowhere. I'm in a void. Would you go back And the to... void is staring back at me. <laughs> Why don't you go back to university and do... Oh, okay then. Can you give me all your money, please? <laughs> you could do an open university course. Surely I've done free. an open university course in Latin. Oh, well, why don't you do one in endocrinology? All right. Give me all your money. Surely they're free. <laughs> no, they're not. Open university. <laughs> no, so, yeah, free. The, surely the, they pay you San- them. Santa Claus gives you... <laughs> gives you, you of all people know how why don't you just ludicrously buy... expensive degrees are. Why don't you just buy a doctorate in... I'll buy it from the, the, the university <laughs> of made-up place. Yeah, but no, I, but I, know, I know more than I should already because of my studies in the last three or four years, nutrition and so on. And so it's kind of, I'm in that frustrating place where I can talk like a very knowledgeable layman about it, but I want to get to the next step. And you can't go to get to the next step just by reading popular science books and blogs. You actually have to get deep into the science and to be fair there are actually some online courses where they actually mm. just film university courses and they're on youtube and so on and, yeah and i may do that one day if i ever get the time but at mm. the moment i need somebody to give me that time so if anybody's got any time to donate me you can send it to podcast at rhymedoings.com <laughs> or you can tweet me the time um <laughs> uh, only a certain number of minutes obviously per tweet but you can combine the tweets uh, at rhymedoings if you'd like um What's your, why, what are you going to do once the once once you're bored with the baby? Once I'm bored with the baby? Yeah, basically well, two days after it's born. Yeah, um, I don't know. I've got a, I'm doing a master's in science communication, which is as fluffy as it sounds um, at the moment, and that's due to end just before the baby's born. Yeah, but as a girl, uh, and you're married to a white knight, so what you should do is you should make sure that you do the hardest science you can, not fluffy soft science. It lets down the side. Well, the science I'm doing at work is hard science. Good. The, the study is fluffy, soft. Well, you said that you could have become a physicist. I could have. I got very good grades in physics at school, um, much I, to my surprise. I wish I you would have. Maths. I wish you would have, because then you would have been, you know, a, a big fish in a small pond. You, the world would have been your oyster. I think I would have liked being a theoretical physicist. You, I just, I just, you should have gone I to CERN. You could have literally been running round and round and round the particle accelerator going, Wee, I'm all alone. <laughs> I don't like maths. I just don't know. No. Well, you couldn't have been that very good at problem. physics then. How do you been good at physics and not like maths? Is well, it that I had a fantastic physics teacher actually, and she would. I would. <gasps> she, she yes, she was fantastic, and she used to. Um, I used to whinge about the fact that I couldn't do whichever equation 
she'd handed us that day. One um, plus X equals three. <laughs> and she would I just... I can't do that quite she just, Whereas other teachers would perhaps pacify my whinging, yes. um, she'd just say, yes, she, she can. She'd beat you with a stick. And she'd just got... say, yes, she can, and walk away and leave me to it. So I had to do it. I quite like um, that motivational yeah. technique. A-star GCSE physics. Yeah, but that was when... And food G- technology. Those were the two subjects I got A-star in. Eating and black magic. Food. <laughs> it's quite funny you say black magic because uh, I'm reading a book at the moment and it's part of a, a whole series of books um, by an author called Charlie Strauss and it's called The um, the Atrocity Archives, is the first one. And, it's, and the hypothesis of the book is set in... Basically, it's set in our world. But the problem is that uh, if, you're, if the maths becomes too complicated, it kind of opens up an occult realm you know, to, to another dimension and that kind of thing. And there are these government departments who are saying, oh my goodness, we've got all these powerful computers now there are, uh, and computer scientists who are inadvertently because of the, the uh, complexity of their equations and, and the mathematics that they're doing, they're opening up these realms. They have to keep you know, closing them mm. up again. And it's, uh, so it's like, it takes the notion of there being a platonic realm of maths to the nth degree. And I'm, but it's not taken seriously. I mean, it's quite, it's quite written quite humorously. And I would recommend it. I would recommend the atrocity archives, but I imagine you don't like sci-fi. I don't read sci-fi. You just read sci. I don't read sci either. You are, you're reading sci now, but you're finding it dull. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, mm, that's because it's not particularly well written. Mm. Um, yeah. Have you ever read, have you ever read a science book that's actually, you thought is well written and has changed your perspective on things popular or otherwise no not really I, I tend to I, I, I don't tend to go for science books because when you spend all day every day reading papers and doing science for me it's I mean I know mm. people who do mm. but for me it's the last thing I want when I get home is to read about more science that's probably why I'm not a postdoc mm. professor lecturer person yeah um, but I've read see I've read a few books that are about um, are we moving? our hotel's moving yeah. I've read a few books that are sort of crispy onion books or books that are they're either written by scientists who are also Christians or Christians who aren't scientists but want to write about some sort of science mm-hmm. and I end up throwing them across the room normally because I, I've never actually got to the end of one because they just frustrate me so much because they inevitably dilute down one element or another you get this wishy-washy crap idea of christianity or really poor badly illustrated science yeah so to have one that would actually give and even you know people who elsewhere in their writings give very you know produce very good essays and things on the subject Mm. when it gets put into a book somehow it just well, so one of one of the elements has to be dumbed down for it to get published. I think. Well, the and there's, there's said that the, the non-overlapping magisteria, and I think there are such different parts of people's brains and lives, and so on that when they try and combine them together, as you say, something gets compromised. Mm. And so I don't know whether it's I don't know whether it's been done or whether it's possible to write a great science book that deals well with theological implications or write a great book of theology that's accurate about science. The confusion comes with who your audience are at that point. Mm. You know, are you writing as a Christian for other Christians? Mm. Um, In which case, you dumb down the science and I think that's what happens a lot. Mm. Um, Because there are some fantastic scientists who are Christians and have tried to do that. Um, Or are you writing as a 
as a Christian for scientists, in which case you're you're, you're trying to do a science book on apologetics, which doesn't really no. work. Oh, that's the... I don't know, maybe that's what I'll do. Maybe when I take a sabbatical. Yeah. <laughs> a baby sabbatical. Yeah, we all, <laughs> we all get sabbaticals from our tough jobs. Yeah. Um, yeah. I told John that he had to be very grateful for the fact that he could have a sabbatical. Uh, I didn't is, mean I that. I didn't mean that in a feel guilty about it. But I just mean make bloody well sure that you enjoy and re- and savor it for the opportunity that it is that you've been allowed to have. And yeah. uh, I think he kind. I think he kind of is. But oh, it's I a bit like is, the pregnancy yeah. thing. You know, you have to sometimes pinch yourself to remind yeah. you that you really are in a very fortunate and blessed position. Dare I use the B word? <laughs> yeah, no, I think he's really enjoying it. And what's really lovely, actually, is seeing him um, is seeing him relax and get into some other creative pursuits that um, are aside from RPS that he's really well, I've always said he needs to do other doing. things other than the, than the TV games for kiddies. I've it's always said that. <laughs> I said he, he's got he's got he's got more uh, scope for expression than that. And sometimes I as good as he can be when he writes about those things, one always senses that there are many other things that he's not writing about because, you know, that's 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 the day job. Yeah, and it does, it does take up so much of his time. And I think when you I don't know, not being well, I'm I am a creative individual but not I don't do it as a job. Those test and tubes don't clean themselves. They don't clean themselves, Nick. You no. have to line them up in pretty rows yes. and things like that. But, um, yeah, I suppose in the same way that I don't want to read science books when I get home from doing science all No, day, but he does. I think when you write, no, no, John, no, but that's day, what I've, I, I've always had this discussion with John. He will come home and he will play a video game till three oh, yeah, in the morning. Yeah. I, and I that, something... to me, really feels busman's holiday. <laughs> but I think there's something much more passive about that like to, to come home from writing all day and then write mm. is the issue and that's right. why he doesn't go and do the the um maybe the enjoys playing that you're talking maybe about. enjoys playing a game and explicitly not having to write about it yeah absolutely mm. um but yeah to try and get him to you know spend his time writing something else um We'll listen to those thrusters. That's the side thrusters. So can that, you hear that, audience? Yeah, they can. But it doesn't. It doesn't make that noise uh, once they once you're out of port. Can you describe the view out the window? I'm looking at some volcanoes and some buildings below the volcanoes, and then some water. That's it. That's it. Where did you go today? What did you see? Um, I went for a five mile run along the coast, and I saw. A very sad number of disabled fountains. Oh. You know that my notion of civic entropy is based on counting the number of disabled fountains there are. And I've mentioned this on the podcast before, where there's something very optimistic about uh, a, a group of people or a municipality that installs a fountain because... Uh-huh. You, you kind of know the inevitable end of it. If you're lucky, it'll be, turn into a, a planter, and if you're unlucky, it'll just be this weird concrete shell um, with, with with beer cans thrown in the bottom of it. And there were... I was getting to spare, because outside I was running, I ran for about five miles, and we saw a number of office fountains. They were all decrepit and had failed and no longer spurting forth. And I was getting very upset, but then I met with Victoria and Judith, and we walked to the very, very big uh, park in the middle of Santa Cruz de Tenerife and they had a, a, a very beautiful fountain that was working that was like a tunnel of water oh. with purple flowers and 
and fluttery butterflies. Were there any fairies? There were several fairies, but Judy stepped on one by mistake. (laughs) Um, So was your hope in humanity restored then when you saw the spurting fountain? No, but in a sense it was forlorn because I thought, I bet you were I to come here again in three or four years' time, that'll be a a flower bed with some weeds in it. Hmm. So, you know, in a sense, already in the park near the entrance there were two fountains that had been decommissioned. Do you think it's because it costs money to run fountains? or It costs money to run fountains, and once they break, it's a pain in the backside to fix them. I've heard you know, things start leaking and pumps break mm. and that kind of thing. Um, but, you, but I think that's the point. It's like, and that's why it really is literally entropy. And then there's no longer the available energy or mm. the creativity or just the civic gusto to say, you know what, we like this. And it's a completely useless thing. It's not like healthcare or fixing the roads. But, but that very fact shows our kind of the excess of hope in society that we, 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 we will nevertheless allow ourselves this, this ancient uh, aesthetic form. And a city without a fountain is a sad city in my in my mind I don't think that London has enough fountains for example I can't even think whether Britain doesn't do fountains well there it was Trafalgar we heard of Trafalgar Square yes they've got got a big one there I tend not to go to London because it's horrible oh you're so provincial why don't you go and kill yourself in in Bath there is a place I don't like people who say they don't like London the best place in Bath is a a square called Laura Place I don't like Bath Bath is full of UKIPs UKIPs after Laura why don't we call it UKIP Place okay well it's not it's Laura Place and there's a fountain (laughs) could be renamed Farage Place Farage Place can you imagine Farage Place that wouldn't be a very nice place (laughs) it would just be full of slugs (laughs) (laughs) There's a giant fountain in the middle of Laura Place, in Laura and Place, yeah. uh, in the, and it's and it's on. It's still functioning. Um, it? However, when the students are in, um, they have to turn it off because of an evening. Oh, because students will pour. They wash pour up washing up liquid, and I have seen the whole of Laura Place just a pile of foam. That's uh, that that sounds fun, but actually, it's a pain. <laughs> it's for a the pain people who have to maintain these yes, things. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. But it's you're showing your age now. It's really, I would lock all those students up and uh, put up. them in a, a oh. meat grinder and serve them to their families. You should probably just send them all back to China. That's where they come from. I'm quite offended, actually. <laughs> both, both you and John are so racist towards the Chinese. Actually, it would no, there is no chance at all. There are a lot of um, Chinese nation students in Bath University. Um, Particularly in the science faculties. They're but, very good at science and maths, you know engineering however um i can absolutely 100 percent guarantee you that the people who are putting washing up liquid in law place fountain are probably welsh yeah you know what these welsh are like <laughs> or you know from the from the home counties yeah those are your options yeah i don't think will not be chinese chinese student would dare do that because they know what happens no if they would do that back home they would be putting a meat grinder and fed <laughs> back to their families literally that's where i got the idea from <laughs> from the chinese yes yeah and, and so, oh, so, oh yeah, you saw some whales today and John jumped off the back of the boat. He jumped dive. off the back of the boat, he did some dives. I have a video Good. of him doing a dive off the back of the boat. How brave. Did anybody else do a dive off the back of the boat? Yes, there were some quite spectacular belly flops. There was this old guy, he must have been in like his... 80s. Oh my goodness. And he got some goggles and he was going for it. Really? Yeah. He was well, I like that because you see so many, you see all these old people who can barely walk oh. and are all grumpy. It's nice to see somebody who still has a bit of vim yeah. back in them. He was well up for it. I'm very glad to hear that. Yeah, but it was too cold, so I didn't go because I didn't want to have a miscarriage. Why not? It would have been worth it for the whales. <laughs> well, we weren't diving with the whales. 
Yeah, but you could have when you dove you in. Called them over when you dove in. The whales might have come to say hello. Yeah, maybe. You know, as a kind of maternal thing. Mm. Oh, hi, I'm mother. I'm also a mother. Here's my baby. You said <laughs> I you did saw get the baby. quite emotional when I saw the baby whale. You do. Oh, you you start getting more. You'll start getting emotional about really stupid things as well. <laughs> I think Victoria got emotional because. Miley Cyrus was pretty in a film or something and that was, it was too pretty and they got her upset and cried so, yeah. there was a girl on, on the catamaran who there was an American family and um, one of the daughters she looked like she was probably how old in her mid-twenties oh right so, so, so old enough for John to have a legitimate last yeah she was absolutely you. gorgeous did John like her Yes, okay. I liked her. She was very tall and slim and brown. Oh, good. She got like really tanned skin. And oh, yeah, that's a, that's another thing. I've decided, having watched hair. all these people with their blotchy red and pale skin, that mm. um, white people need to be gassed to death. Okay, because okay. they, they don't look very good. I prefer the the, the darker <laughs> shade. So can well, we she, she definitely did look good. Okay, and she was jumping in, and she did a backflip. Oh, really? She did an actual backflip off the back of the boat. Wow. And. Um, yeah. That must have been pretty. I decided that I was going to leave John for her because she was very beautiful. Well, they can do that these days. You can have two mothers bringing up mm-hmm. one baby. And, you know, you could have you could take turns breastfeeding. <laughs> John said he wouldn't blame me. No, that's fair enough. So, very good. Is somebody yeah. trying to break in the room or is that just... Uh, I don't know. I think there's just people mincing around outside. Yeah, we're going to go to a relatively posh restaurant tonight. We are. I'm looking forward to it. And do you know what I've done in preparation? What have you done? The last time I ate was the last time you saw me last night. <gasps> but that's silly because your stomach will shrink and then you won't be able to put as much food in. And then I, I and I went for a long run today, mm. and I feel fine actually. Oh. Well, we had I had a, not a very big hotel actually, moving. and a little bit. They had some very a mountain scrolling sand. past the window. It's not actually. Are we actually moving? Oh, we are. Look. Yeah, the mountain scrolling past the window. Can't you see? Oh, it's not Norway, though, is it? It's Norway. This is like, we decided this is like, compared to the Celebrity Infinity, mm-hmm. which was, you know, top-notch cruising, we've BBC decided two, this, this is, is the, ITV. this is the Centre Park's equivalent. <laughs> it's not quite Butlins. No, it's not, yeah, it is Centre Park. There is a Butler. The Butlins would be, um, Carnival. Okay. Uh, but, no, does this, it's acceptable. Yeah. I mean, you, you need to check, you know, we all need to check our privileges. <laughs> there are plenty of listeners who aren't on board My with us at all. Checked. You know, oh, it's, you know, the, frankly, I, I found that the meat on the first night was just slightly, slightly <laughs> too medium. Can you, can well, we you had imagine? amazing food at the grill place. That was, yeah, I'm Crown looking forward grill. to that. To be fair, fantastic. after the first night, the food's been quite good, actually. No, it has, yeah. I think there was a problem with the supply, wasn't there? Yeah, on the first day, everybody all, and all the staff were really frazzled, and I think something, stock. something got really cocked up badly in Southampton probably because Nigel Farage was probably handling it and <laughs> it just uh, didn't it messed up yes but tonight it's Italian and I'm very excited because with our low carb diet we've not been eating pasta and I haven't eaten any pasta since we got on the boat either because I've been saving I've never liked pasta myself for the good shit I've never liked pasta um, it's never been my Achilles mm. I wouldn't actually I didn't eat a lot of it I did when I was at university cause yeah because it's just easy but I, I, no, used, I, I put um, super noodles inside a kettle you know with, with the element you know those super noodles that you got the, those cheap noodles yeah well, you know chicken flavour I put them inside a kettle and poured in the water and then boiled the kettle and they got all wrapped around the element because it's a really cheap kettle the old oh, fashioned kettle with the that? element I did that at university is that because you didn't know how to cook them or no I just I couldn't be bothered to bring it into the boil. <laughs> I'll just do it and it worked <laughs> it worked sort of I scraped them off the element I also had uh, so my, then you had chicken flavoured tea for my, the rest of my other my other staple was honey sandwiches mm. um, yeah I just 
buy white Ooh. bread and spread a lot of honey on it, and I would eat that for days. And then uh, I'd go down to the Morrisons, and I would get um, a massive bag of donuts and a massive, uh, you know, forty-eight bag multi pack of crisps and Morrison's better wow. by cream soda. But I've seen and pictures I would, of baby Nick. And I would drink all and I would drink all the cream soda and eat like four donuts How and, and, and and have and crisps. See, I have, seen, have, I have seen pictures of you, younger yeah. you, and you you are you were bigger than you are now. I was pudgy. You would never Unless I just haven't seen no, no, I was never, you were never huge. I was never huge, but I, I got to actually. I mean, I got to. How did you not like eating all of that? Were you just very active? Or? I was, no, I and I didn't do any exercise until. I hate you. Until no, but no, but I would have gone very bad. It would have gone better on because I could, the, the, I could see what the trajectory mm. was happening. And actually, where I changed a friend, I, I was looking at a photo. I was at a friend's place. I was looking at a photograph of another mutual friend. Um, whose name I won't mention for, because of the anecdote. And I looked at the photograph and said, "Oh my goodness, look how thin he used to be." Because mm. subsequently he had ballooned. And this friend of mine said, "Yeah, talk. You should talk. You know, i.e. your trajectory." And I kind of then and I kind of, "Oh mm. my goodness, um, I've got two futures here. And mm. I need to select the correct one." Um, and I really hated exercise, and I really hated running. I mean, I felt like I was having a heart attack. When my, my father would occasionally forced me to go on a run with my family I'd about run up for about 200 yards and then stop and then I said no I've just got to force myself to change because otherwise I'm going to be in trouble and fortunately that stuck because it could have very easily but that's also why even now if I ever am of an evening and I, I think oh I just can't be bothered to go out running or I can't be bothered to do exercise or I can't be bothered to do this I don't allow myself that luxury. I say, okay, the very fact I'm trying to make an excuse, trying to invent reasons why I shouldn't be, is why I've got to go out and do even more so. Because mm. um, it's very easy. But, you know, we're all relatively creative people. We can create wonderful excuses oh, for ourselves. I'm brilliant at creating you know? excuses. I'm the best excuse and creator. So all I do is I say, okay, the better your excuse, the further you're running. <laughs> so, you <laughs> no! <know. laughs> and that works. And The problem with this ship... Yes. Is that there are mirrors everywhere? There are mirrors everywhere. There's a rectifying mirror over there because there's a mirror of a mirror, and you can see what you can see your face the way everybody else sees it. And there was an interesting discussion about that. um, In there was actually a scientific paper about how people, when they see their face the way other people see their faces, I because usually you see you see it in a mirror, and that's not my face. That's not me, me, and I I look weird, and I don't like it at all. But that's what everybody else sees. But uh, yeah, the uh, the mirrors on board the ship here have made me sad. And John said, "Yeah, you could just say, well, you're pregnant now.' Exactly, fine, you've got a wonderful excuse. I don't know. I just I'd, I'd lost a stone and a half. You have, and you can and see it. You can see it in your face, and you can see it in your shoulders. But and I feel answer. I just oh, but well, I don't you, want to be one of these people that's no. like oh, I'm you've fat lost because I'm pregnant. Me. I don't want to moan about no. my body shape changing you when lost, I'm pregnant because lost, we've spent a year and a half trying to get pregnant. Yeah, and you and lost I would just a stone want to go back in time and slap myself. You lost a stone and a half I as lost well. A stone and a half. Although I probably will have put it all back on again by the end of this. By course. the end of this cruise, you will have. But you know how to get rid of it again. That's fine. Do you think it will come off quite quickly if we uh, just go back to our normal diet? I, I, th- I think it will. And um, people people say that once you've um, re-regulated yourself. Mm. Um, a week or two isn't going to screw you up. Um, if you did a year or two, it would. Um, but you, okay. you and again, as we began this podcast, we discussed endocrinology and your signaling systems were 
on a much better even keel. So you've kind of blipped them. Mm. And who knows? I mean, sometimes people react in very interesting ways. It may be that there, there'll be a slight hormetic effect. And, for example, John plateaued a bit. He may even lose more lose weight more. again. Because yeah. you know, he's, he's suddenly revved up his um, metabolism again. Oh, sugar, 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 and so yeah. on. And then when he goes back again... He go back down, yeah. yeah. So but I won't know, you see, because I, I weighed myself at the beginning before we came away, and I won't know when I get back how much is excess baby mm. stuff. It's not and just how much is excess you carb. Really, you really can't. Cruise carb. Yeah, you can't. You, you can't tell them. Also, you retain a lot of fluid. That's John. There's someone at the door to kill him. You. I've got my sign You retain. Yeah. You retain a lot of fluid. Shall we say goodbye? Oh, say goodbye. It's John. He has to say hello. Does he? Who is it? Bastard. It's not John. It's, it's the wife. Housekeeping. Oh, pretty dress. Thank you. I bought She bought it. Okay. This is what happens. This is what happens when you've got women on a podcast. They just start talking about their pretty <laughs> dresses and so on. Judy, do you want to say goodbye to everybody? Say goodbye. Goodbye. Say, say see you soon. Goodbye. What smells of John in here? Bye. Bye.